What's up, everybody? My name is Athena, and you're here to listen to Vanished in the Valley. So today, everyone, I am going to tell you about a super old conspiracy theory that is definitely conspiracy fact now, and it's all over the internet. You can definitely search, do all of your own research, like I always tell you, and you can see videos, you can see pictures. You can probably go the fuck outside and look up to the sky and see the white trails snaking across from horizon to horizon. I'm going to be telling you about geoengineering, a.k.a. chemtrails. So the mainstream media and politicians, comedians, actors, they've basically made the word chemtrail the butt of tinfoil hat jokes for decades, decades, people. And I think it was a concerted effort because they wanted to discredit the whole quote-unquote Kim Trail movement. Now, if you head on over to Wikipedia, let me tell you what you'll find for the entry for Kim Trails. You actually won't find anything. It will redirect you to an entry called Kim Trail Conspiracy Theory. This is how it starts. The chemtrail conspiracy theory is based on erroneous belief that long-lasting condensation trails are quote-unquote chemtrails, consisting of chemical or biological agents left in the sky by high-flying aircraft sprayed for nefarious purposes, undisclosed to the general public. If you know Wikipedia is going hard on it like this and redirecting you to a completely different title, you know there's probably some legitimacy to it. But it's not just that. Like I said, search mainstream media articles and they'll just be like, pull out your tinfoil hat, the crazies are back. But today, I'm going to go over a lot of the evidence that's come out. I'm also going to tell you about some articles you can find online at geoengineeringwatch.org. And I'm going to play you an excerpt of an interview from an ex-Air Force service member who has blown the whistle on chemtrails. So let me start by telling you of a recent story that is kind of like burst out there, but then quickly got shut up by the mainstream media. But check this out. The Spanish government ordered the military to quietly spray lethal chemtrails on its citizens with UN authorization under the cover of, quote, state of emergency for the management of health crisis situation caused by COVID-19. So basically, it just kind of involves spraying biocides on the population, and it was authorized by royal decree. It was then quietly acknowledged by the government on April 16, 2020. And that just so happened to be one month after the World Health Organization announced COVID-19 was a pandemic. So this royal decree states of March 14, 2020, hereby declares a state of emergency for the management of health crisis situation caused by COVID-19, which includes a series of measures aimed at protecting the welfare, health, and safety of citizens and the containment of progression of the disease and strengthen the public health system. Don't you love how they're always trying to do this for our protection, our health? It's such a crock of shit. The decree goes on. Specifically in accordance with the provisions of Article 4.3 of Royal Decree 463 on March 14, 2020, the Minister of Health is empowered to dictate the orders, 
resolutions, provisions, and interpretive instructions that, within their scope of action as a delegated authority, are necessary to guarantee the provisions of all services, ordinary or extraordinary, in order to protect people, goods, places, through the adoption of any of the measures provided for in the Article 11 of Organic Law 4 of June 1, 1981, of the States of Alarm, Exception, and Site. For the effective fulfillment of these measures, the competent authorities delegates may require the action of the armed forces in accordance with the provided for in Article 15.3 of Organic Law. And I just had some more law bullshit. So this specific Spanish government order explicitly calls for the use of quote-unquote aerial media and quote-unquote aerial disinfection techniques in order to reach all surfaces quickly via techniques of nebulization, thermonebulization, and micro-nebulization. And like I said earlier, this isn't even the first time the Spanish government has been wrapped up in some Kim Trail bullshit. Back in 2015, it was announced in the European Parliament that four workers from the state meteorological agency had confessed that Spain is being sprayed entirely from planes that spread lead dioxide through atmosphere, silver iodide, and diatomite. Now, what their objective was, was to affect temperature. They wanted to be able to ward off rains and get the temp up because, you know, Spain, it's a fucking sunny tourist destination, and if it's all rainy and cold, they're not going to get those tourist dollars. Now, I'm sure, or I hope, you guys have heard of cloud seeding, where planes go up in the sky and spray a specific type of crystal into the clouds to cause rain. Now, I think I talked about this many, many episodes ago, but during the Vietnam War, this was going on to create floods. They wanted to basically cut off supply chains for the Viet Cong. And that information isn't anywhere near conspiracy la-la land. You can find that information even on Google. Search Operation Popeye, which started March 20th, 1967 and went until July 5th, 1972. And like I said earlier, it was an attempt to extend the monsoon season, specifically over areas of Ho Chi Minh Trail. So it's not in conspiracy land. It's fucking like a known fact at this point. So you just gotta like, let's see what precedent that sets. If they were doing this back in the late 60s, early 70s, Think of how much further that technology has come in the last 50 years. And with the diabolical motherfuckers that have power nowadays, can you imagine the horrible things they have come up with to harm populations for whatever reason, for war, for quote unquote climate change? I mean, it's like a known fact climate scientists are wanting to blot out the sun to stop global warming. and. Bill Gates' evil is all about it. You can find several articles where he's talking about blotting out the sun. No shit, just look. So what I'm kind of wondering, if chemtrails are just a figment of the tinfoil hat imagination, why was chemtrails mentioned in Congressional Bill HR 2977-Space Preservation Act of 2001? So according to this bill, since Congress, in Section 102A of the National Aeronautics and Space Act of 1958, states, that is, quote-unquote, 
It's policy of the United States that activities in space should be devoted to peaceful purposes for the benefit of all mankind. Well, the purpose of H.R. 2977 is to preserve the cooperative peace uses of space for the benefit of all humankind by permanently prohibiting the basing of weapons in space by the United States and to require the president to take action to adopt and implement a world treaty banning space-based weapons. Now check this out. It goes a little bit further and it starts listing the type of weapons that may possibly be in space. So it reads, immediately order the permanent termination of research and development, testing, manufacturing, production, and development of all space-based weapons in the United States and their components. Among the space-based weapons that H.R. 2977 wants the U.S. to ban and remove are exotic weapons that include chemtrails. It also includes electronic, psychotronic, or information weapons, high-altitude, ultra-low-frequency weapon systems. The list goes on for quite a while. So the so-called conspiracy theorists have been conservative in their paranoia at this point because we're just thinking, hey, maybe they're spraying some shit in the air that's making us dumber, which they probably are. But I think it goes so much further and so much deeper than that. Sky's the limit with these motherfuckers, literally. Now, very unsurprisingly, the bill was killed. It was introduced by Republican Dennis Kucinich from Ohio on October 2nd, 2001. It did not have one co-sponsor. So the bill was referred to the House Committee on Science and Subcommittee on Space and Aeronautics. Then, on April 19th, 2002, the Department of Defense gave the bill a quote-unquote unfavorable executive comment. And like I said, the bill was killed, never passed. So it looks like one person in Congress was like, hey, maybe we shouldn't be fucking doing this stupid shit. But everyone was like, nah, let's do it. Let's make Raytheon even more rich. Now check this out, guys. All, and I mean every single fucking one, commercial airlines and all military tankers are outfitted with what's called a high bypass turbofan jet engine. This engine is a jet powered fan that is designed for maximum fuel efficiency. 85% of the air that passes through this jet engine is non-combusted. By design, the high-bypass turbofan jet engine is nearly incapable of producing any condensation trail, except under the most rare and extreme of circumstances. Now, with that in mind, why the fuck do I look up at my sky and it's a hazy mess of lines that linger all fucking day? few weeks ago, we were driving back from Nevada over Highway 88 in the Sierra Nevadas. And I looked up and there was like almost a near perfect triangle made with chemtrails. So it's like one of the biggest lies perpetrated on the American public and probably the world that chemtrails are just contrails and us conspiracy nuts are just totally crazy and out of line as per usual. Now, without having a fucking science degree in the atmosphere, it should be pretty fucking obvious to any reasonable person if you just go outside and look at the sky. These chemtrails are not contrails. They should not be lasting that long. Trails of completely dissimilar compositions and colors are up there. There are misaligned plumes behind some jets, and there's some that aren't even behind any jets at all. So 
the lie is easily exposed if you want to do the research, if you want to dive in deep, because a lot of information has already been wiped from the internet. Now, in my search to basically get you guys all the dirt on the chemtrail situation, I came across an interview with an ex-Air Force service member. So I'm going to play excerpt for it right now, guys. So you are hearing this from her mouth directly, what she witnessed in her nine years in the Air Force. So get ready for this, guys. Kristen Megan is about to break shit down for you. I'm going to talk about geoengineering, but I want to share a story with you. Shortly after 9-11, like a lot of military veterans, I raised my right hand and I took an oath to the Constitution to hopefully do something meaningful with my life. So I enlisted in the U.S. Air Force. My job in the U.S. Air Force was working in bioenvironmental engineering. So what bioenvironmental engineering is in the Air Force is equivalent to that of the OSHA and the EPA, if you're familiar with that. So we were an embedded liaison to make sure that we were tracking all of the aspects and impacts of the military, meaning what is the military doing and how is it impacting the environment because we were accountable for that. So from the health side, it was knowing what you do in the Air Force. What does your job entail that is hazardous to your health? And I'm gonna give you an example. Let's say that you were an aircraft painter, you were a mechanic. My job would go out to make sure I knew everything that you did what you were exposed to, and how to mitigate and engineer out those hazards. Because we needed to, one, it, it's your legal right to be working in a safe and healthful work environment. So throughout nine years, I worked as an industrial hygienist and an environmental specialist. Actually, there's two bases I was at that are called air logistics centers. What does that mean? It's not like a fighter wing. You know, It's not really fun and amazing. What they did is they took aircraft that around every 10 to 15 years they were required to be dismantled down to the last screw. So that meant every single industrial process you can think about, checking the metal integrity, making sure everything's good to go, or sometimes overhauling equipment. Part of my job in tracking the health hazards was to look at any time someone wanted to buy a chemical, any type of chemical. It was ordered through a system, and in that system I had to go in there and say, you know, the country we're in, we're not allowed to use this. We need to substitute it out with something a little less hazardous while also maintaining the integrity for a technical order, meaning for that process it says you must use, you know, xylene or toluene to do this process. Well, I have to kind of fast forward. I want to say around 2006, I started kind of opening my eyes to how the military wasn't really what I thought it was. And people approached me knowing what I did for a living and said, have you ever heard of chemtrails? Well, I hadn't, and that sparked my interest. So I went online and I looked at chemtrails. I saw a lot of, you know, debunking, a lot of sites that were just kind of calling it a conspiracy theory. And I thought, well, geez, this is what I do for a living. Preventive health, making sure that people are not getting sick, especially in the workplace, and by things that we're doing that can affect, you know, human health and the environment. To summarize it, in an attempt to debunk this conspiracy theory as I thought it was, I didn't debunk it. It literally changed my life. One day I was going through that computer system, which if you want to look it up, it's called an Air Force Form 3952. It is the approval of hazardous materials. I was finding tons and tons of large quantities of aluminum, barium, strontium in the forms of oxides and sulfates. And of course I knew that there's industrial processes you may not have heard of, but it's bead blasting, pneumatic sanding, shot peening. There is certain medias that's similar to that that is used. However, 
I had already accounted for that. I would sit and look at this computer system and say, this shop wants to order this paint. I'm going to tie it to a task. We had to know what was being used, why it was being used, tracking it cradle to grave on how we were going to dispose of it to be compliant with OSHA and the EPA. One of the legal requirements in approving these is looking at what used to be called the material safety data sheet. On that sheet, it's going to list the manufacturer. It's going to list some maybe acquired personal protective equipment that needs to be used or some ways to mitigate the exposures. These electronic MSDSs did not have a manufacturer name. They were very vague. They almost looked to me like somebody had made it and scanned it into the system. So I asked the question, what is this being used for? I never got an answer, so I didn't approve it. And it sat there. And then the heat came down. Why aren't you, are you behind on your 3952s? Only a select few of us did that. So I started asking questions. And at that point, my demonization began. You know, I, I made my rank. I was decorated. I was a non-commissioned officer of the quarter. I won lots of awards. I had no reason for anyone to attempt to demonize me. So then I get moved over to the other air logistics center. There's only two in the Air Force, which is in Warner Robins, Georgia. This kind of carried with me. And I thought, you know what? Should I revisit this? Is it worth it? Did I hit something? Maybe it's need to know. I started finding the same things at Robbins Air Force Base. I was now doing some more investigation work. Part of what I did was to use a high volume air sampler to air sample up to, I'd say, a football field. I also conducted soil sampling because I thought, you know, if, if this is real and they are spraying this, it's going to get to the ground. So I conducted air sampling, I conducted soil sampling, and I was getting high levels of these contaminants. When I started asking the question again under a new commander, I never in my life thought I would have somebody look me in the face and tell me, I am questioning you. Is there something wrong with you? You've been looking really depressed lately. You know I can put you under mental evaluation for up to 120 days. Who would take care of your daughter? As soon as I heard that, I knew. It validated everything I ever thought. And I thought, I've spent nine years of my life trying to protect human health, and here we are violating law after law after law. Just sitting here, instead of protecting the people, we are poisoning the people. And I've never got up so much courage from that fear of being thrown in a cage, because when you're in the military, folks, you're a number, and every aspect of your life is controlled. I was so lucky that my enlistment was coming up and I was supposed to re-enlist. I ran and did not look back. And I have been blowing the whistle and shouting ever since. It didn't just end there, though. You got to remember, there's a whole career field of people that work in bioenvironmental engineering. A lot of those people were told, do not talk to me. Do not email her. They were given no contact orders. Because my biggest thing was, if I'm just so you know, dishonest, don't you think somebody would come out and say you know, she was never in the military or something negative to discredit me? They've ignored me but they've tried to silence me. As an industrial hygienist, I do very well for myself, but it has been so difficult after leaving the federal government to maintain employment. Nowadays, everyone runs background checks on you, and the first thing they look at is, wow, here's a whistleblower. And you ask yourself, if this is true and we are spraying the people, where are the pilots? Where are the people? I don't know if you pay attention, but look at Snowden. People don't come forward because these supposed Whistleblower Act protections that you have are not enforced, they're not supported, and they really don't exist. But what I want you to take from this is to understand that I am 
being completely honest with you, and that geoengineering is occurring, it's been occurring, it is not new, and your tax dollars are funding this. I 100% know that the US Air Force was involved. I think back to all these things that I never had noticed. People have come out of the woodworks, from EPA compliance officers, to ex-people that I worked with in my career field, who I cannot state for obvious reasons. I've had pilots come forward. I've had people come forward that actually load the canisters on the planes. These people don't come forward because they are afraid that they're going to end up like Snowden. And I continue to speak to let people know I've been screaming about this for three years and I'm still here. And why are you so afraid? Because many of these people are on active duty. And if you are willing to die for your country, supporting you know, the Constitution and defending us from enemies foreign and domestic, you are willing to die for your country, but now you're scared. So I'm not just speaking to all of you in this room, I'm speaking to all those people that are gonna watch this online and watch it on YouTube. Because you can come forward, you can help expose this, and we can stop it. So many people wanna ask why, why is this occurring? Well, you guys, I had that exact same question. Why is this happening? Why are they spraying chemtrails in our skies? So I decided to dig a little bit further to see if I could figure out the reason. Now, I come up with a few theories here, and I'm just going to briefly go over them. But you guys ask yourself the same question. What does our government have to gain by spraying chemtrails on their own people? Well, check this out. This is what I found. So one of the main theories discussed is cloud seeding. And like I said earlier, that's not even in crazy conspiracy land. That is fully admitted in this day and age. And like I was saying, cloud seeding is to create rain. Now, if you believe that's the only thing the government is up to up there in the skies, then I don't know what to tell you. But we're going to move on to the actual conspiracy theory part. So there are some people that think they are spraying chemicals on us to make us sicker, to make us weaker, and just not be functioning at 100%. Now, why, you ask, would they want you to be weak, sicker, and not functioning at 100%? Well, a weak and sick population is much easier to control. Think about it, when you're sick, you're not gonna be able to stand up and fight, you're gonna be slow, you might not even recognize signs that, hey, this is a fucking red flag, I need to step up now and do something about this. You're functioning much lower than you would be. And beyond just like the health aspect, the poisons that they're dropping down on us are usually inhaled. It can cause respiratory issues, issues with your eyes, your sinus. But beyond that, those poisons are going into our bloodstream. And as everyone knows, the blood runs through your brain. And one of the deeper parts of this conspiracy theory is they're purposely trying to calcify the pineal gland. So let's stop a sec. What the fuck is the pineal gland? So the pineal gland is a small endocrine gland in the brain of most vertebrates. The pineal gland produces melatonin, a serotonin-derived hormone, which modulates sleep patterns in both circadian and seasonal cycles. So right there, it's telling you that it's controlling your sleep and your mood, which if 
you're deprived of sleep, you're much more easier to control. If you're in a depressed state, you're much more easy to control. Now, another quote-unquote conspiracy theory states, because they're dropping barium salts, aluminum oxide, strutonium, and mercury, all of these chemicals and metals are falling into the food supply. And the long-term goal is to cause fertility issues and decrease the world population as much as possible. Now, I know I've talked about Georgia Guidestones many, many times, but according to those stones, the elites, the fucking Masons, the Illuminati, the New World Order, whatever you want to call this bunch of assholes, they want to get the world population down to 500 million people. Now, this is nothing new with governments wanting to exterminate large amounts of people, and people have talked about the Guidestones and the population reduction a lot in the last couple of years. So some people think that they are using chemtrails, vaccines, and fluoride in the water to lower the population. Now, if you haven't heard about the whole fluoride situation, fluoride is added into almost all water supplies in the United States. And research done in the 1990s found high concentrations of fluoride in the pineal glands of study participants. Fluoride from water and pesticides accumulate in the pineal gland more than any other part of the body. After accumulation, they form crystals, creating a hard shell called calcification. Now, there are a million conspiracy theories regarding the calcification of the pineal gland. The pineal gland has been talked about since the beginning of written human language. The ancient Egyptians called it the Eye of Ra. There's a whole chakra for it. And if you look back, I think basically in most civilizations, they knew this gland had something to do with human consciousness. And if you can calcify this gland, if you can shrink this gland, you are going to detach people to their higher consciousness. So just beyond the parts, the spiritual parts of the pineal gland. Today, the pineal gland is recognized as playing a major role in every aspect of human function. It acts as the regulator of regulators. Aside from its documented effects on the reproductive function, growth, body temperature, blood pressure, motor activity, sleep, tumor growth, mood, and the immune system. It also seems to be a factor in longevity. Now, if you can fuck these up in huge swathes of the population, you are gonna do a lot of damage to humans in general. Now, like I always try to do every episode, I actually have a website. It's called scottjeffrey.com. And on this website, it literally gives you a step-by-step process you can do to help decalcify your pineal gland. And before I even go into the steps, just do your own research on the calcification of the pineal gland because that's a whole nother conspiracy theory in itself but if you go to this guy's website he literally like writes an essay of steps that you can follow to decalcify the pineal gland there's things like fulvic ionic minerals there's iodine there's turmeric there's different stuff you can take that will decalcify it But once you get it decalcified, you need to keep it decalcified. So you'd have to stop or at least minimize your exposure to the two main causes of calcification, which appear to be fluoride and synthetic calcium. 
Now, how you're supposed to go about limiting your exposure to fluoride, your guess is as good as mine because it's fucking in all the water. Like 74% of the water in the United States has fluoride in it. So I don't know, maybe there's like some special water filter systems you can get. I have the zero water filter, but as far as fluoride, I'm not even sure if it takes that out. I know you can take small steps like get toothpaste without fluoride, but I don't know about uh, avoiding fluoride as a whole. It just seems a very big task. Now, if you wanna dive even deeper into the chemtrail conspiracy theory side of it, go on any search engine and type in Operation Indigo Skyfall. And you'll find an interview by a man who claims to basically be ex-shadow government, ex-CIA, some shit like that. And he painfully breaks down exactly what they're spraying. He talks about the fluoride situation. He's talking about it's a combination of things the government is using to weaken the people. And by weakening them, it basically makes it so they are more easy to control. So check it out. There is a podcast, I believe, with this guy. It's like a two-hour interview. And like I'm saying, he seriously goes in depth. But that's like super far down the rabbit hole. It's called Operation Indigo Skyfall. So kind of like I said at the beginning of the podcast today, it's not even in conspiracy theory land about chemtrails. It's conspiracy fact. And if you decide to talk to your normie friends about chemtrails, don't be surprised when they roll their eyes and laugh. And like, oh my God, it's a chemtrail conspiracy. Because for decades, they have been conditioned to just completely deride this conspiracy above most others. Like that is a very front and center conspiracy that has been completely lambasted by the mainstream media. So I don't know, guys, talk to the normies at your own risk. Now, I came across an interesting letter on the expose, and the title was Letter to the Editor, Kim Trails in Tenbury Wells and Shrewsbury Skies. On May 18th, approximately 8 to 10 planes flew over Shrewsbury, England, leaving chemtrails crisscrossing a clear blue sky. Then, as the chemtrails dispersed, the sky turned white. Nowadays, our skies are nothing but white cloud streaks going every which way. Independently, on the same day, roughly 40 miles away, over Tenbury Wells, Worcestershire, Worcestershire, Worcestershire. Okay, you guys, this word for Americans is very hard to pronounce, but it's that sauce. That's also a city in England. Anyways, I apologize. A reader witnessed the most extraordinary patterns in the sky on a mostly clear blue and sunny day. They said, as lines diffused, the sky went cloudy, and it was as though the sun was being blocked out. They actually took pictures of all of this and sent it to this website, expose-news.com, and they wanted to know if anybody had any information on it, if they had seen stuff like this before, and they actually published this because a lot of people are noticing it, and it's getting worse. Every day, I am seeing these chemtrails in the sky. So go outside right now. It's happening all over the world. We have our friends in England seeing it. I know we see it here, North America. Where else are you guys seeing the chemtrails? Just go outside and fucking look up. So that's about it for this week. Before I run out of here, I have to thank our top three downloading states, which is Tennessee, which came out of literal nowhere and is fucking beating California by like three, four times. 
Then we have California in second place and Texas in third. That's what's up, you guys. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you have any questions or you want any of the documents I talk about, you can shoot me a line at vanishingthevalley at gmail.com. But until next week, be aware and don't forget your pepper spray. Ciao, ciao.